It's Sunday morning, and we have been talking about something that I hear very few preachers talk about, and that is the narrow way. I put a statement on the board here, and I've said this to people, and they get mad at me. I didn't say this. Most people in the world are going to hell when they die, and that's the truth. If you believe the Bible, then you believe that. Most people are going to hell. That's most people you see when you're riding down the road. Most of the people that you work with. Look over, back over. In we've been talking about Billy Graham some on Sunday morning. He did not tell the truth. He did not talk about the narrow way. The narrow way is the only way to heaven. If you're going to heaven, you have to be in it. You cannot accept Christ as your personal Savior and your home free. There's no such thing as accept Christ. Billy Graham preached that. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, neither can he know them. Natural is the word psuchikos, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. You say, Jim, you've said that already. I'm on the same subject, P-S-U. C-H-I-K-O-S. That's the word natural in 1 Corinthians 2.14. When I'm on a subject, I'll repeat verses to you. I want to get this in your head. The natural, sukikos, the physical man. The man of the senses, the sensual man. We've got five senses. You can see. You can hear, you can smell, you can taste and touch with this outer man. And that man does not receive spiritual things. You must be born again. And you cannot birth yourself. You have to be birthed by the will of God. How's a man be born how's a man born again? It's nothing he does. You can't do a thing to be born again. You'll either believe God or you won't. And if you believe God, that's the gift of God that he puts inside of men that believe him. You've got all these people in the world. And God has picked out certain ones and said, these are mine. And I'm going to put them through trials and through everything I can to get their attention. And I'll break them at a certain time. I'll cut into their heart and bring them alive. And they won't even know how it was done. But they'll start believing me because I'll plant myself into them. And that's the new birth. We were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God's will. Of his own will begat he us. It wasn't your will. You can't get in unless he puts it in you. And if he does, he'll put you in this narrow way. And that's the only people that's going to heaven. Look back over here. Look back over here at Matthew 7 one more time. Matthew 7. Billy Graham didn't teach this. The narrow way... Let me write this on the board. The narrow way is the gospel. Now, he claimed to preach the gospel, but he didn't preach the narrow way. He never told people, you have to go through this narrow way. Look here in Matthew 7. <coughs> Matthew, the 7th chapter. 
I've got so many things to say on this. If you think you're going to heaven because you got saved, there's no such thing. Saved is the word sozo, S-O-Z-O. That is the word saved in the New Testament Greek. It means to be taken from one point all the way to another point, go through fire, persecution, trials, and go through and suffer all of these things, and he will take us all the way to heaven or to eternal life. And during that time, you've got to have fire and trials, and that is the narrow way. And I gave you a piece of paper here. Every time the word, the word narrow is the word Thalibo, T-H-L-I-B. I gave it to you on this paper. T-H-L-I-B-O. Or it would look like this in the Greek, T H L. I B O. Thalibo. That is in the Greek. Thalibo is the word narrow. I looked in, and then you have a sister word to that. T H L I P S I S. Or T H L I P S. P S is like this. Right here. It's a pH. Well, I'll get it in a minute. Hold on a second. P-S-I-S. That's the way thalipsis. This is thalibo. These words mean to be pressured on all sides, like you're going through a real narrow opening. It's like you're pressed on every side. You have to feel the pressure from the world. You say, Jim, I don't feel that yet. Well, you will if you belong to God. You cannot make yourself belong to God. There's no such thing as accept Christ. There's no such thing as a sinner's prayer. The blind man that was healed in John 9, verse 31, he replies to the Pharisees calling Jesus a sinner. He said, we know that God heareth not sinners. If any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will... Him he heareth. You can't pray a prayer to get you into heaven. There's no such thing. What about whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Romans 10, 13. Well, that's true, but that's not the method of salvation. If you read the next verse, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Belief is the method of salvation. Paul told the Philippian jailer there in Acts the 16th chapter, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But believe is a verb. It's something you do. If you believe something, you're going to do it. Are we saved by works? No, we're saved by faith that works and it will be God working in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. If you belong to him, you're going to have to have a conviction in your heart and you can't even put it there. That has to come from God. It's the only place it comes. The Bible says that he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now look here in Matthew, the seventh chapter, Matthew seven. And he says here in verse 13, enter ye in at the straight gate. The word enter is the word E-I-S, E-R-C-H-O-M-A-I. 
enter at the straight gate. That's not your choice. If you are one of God's predestinated elect family, that is an imperative mood in the Greek, and that is a command. It's like the teacher would tell us in elementary school, you have a you have a statement that would end with a period. You have a an interrogative that would end with a question mark. Interrogative means a question. You interrogate somebody. Interrogative. And you have an exclamation that ends in an exclamation point. And then you have an imperative mood that is a command. Whenever I would say, Eric, take the garbage out, he would say, I'll do that later. I said, you'll do it now. It's a command. I'm not asking you if you'd like to. I'm not inviting you to take the garbage out. Of course, he's 50 years old, and he tells me to take the garbage out now. Now, this when you look up the word narrow, he says, enter in at the straight gate, enter isercomai, ice or ice, however you want to spell it. Isercomai comes from ice, means in, and ergon. Ergon means to labor, entering into the kingdom of God. Because he says, straight is the gate, stenos. Stenos is the word straight. That is akin to the word stenazo. Stenazo is the verb form. Stenazo is the verb form of stenos. It's a straight. It's a narrow. There's pressure on all sides. You have to be pressured. Where does the pressure come from? Well, as you grow older, you can't really learn the pressure when you're young until you learn a lot of the scripture. When you start learning that Christmas is paganism and you tell people it's Christ's mass, it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America because it was pagan. The early church did not celebrate Christ's mass. We believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem, and he died to save sinners. But the Christ Mass is Christmas. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's Roman Catholicism, and they outlawed Roman Catholicism and all of its customs in early America. So you couldn't celebrate it here. There's reasons for that. Now, he says, straight is the gate. You're under a lot of pressure, and narrow is the way that leads to life and few not many are going to find only few if God makes you interested then you're one of the few if you're never interested in this message you don't belong to God and you're wasting your time listening to me not many are going to go to heaven most people won't it says few here doesn't it Few are going to find the narrow, the tribulation way. The word means tribulation. It means to be pressured on all sides. These two words, I looked them up in the Kittle's Dictionary of the New Testament. This is everything it says on Thalibo and Thalipsis in Kittle's New Testament. Uh, there's about 139. There's You've got... Uh, Nine pages just on Thalipsis and Thalibo. And these are basically the same word. They'll tell you they're basically the same word. And they'll tell you it means to be pressed or squashed or rubbed, to press together, to be afflicted. Somewhere, in order to go to heaven, you have to be afflicted because you have to be in the narrow way. 
There's no other way because the next verse says most people are going to hell when they die. That's what verse 14 says. Look at it. Because straight is the gate, well, he says in verse 13, he entered the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many go into the broad way. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and only a few find the narrow way. You're going to hell if you don't ever get under the pressure, get in tribulation. And tribulation is not being laid on your house note or having your car repossessed. That's not tribulation. Tribulation comes from other men. You can see that. This is a message that Billy Graham did not preach, and this is the gospel. There's only how many ways are there to heaven? One. One. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. The is a definite article. The means there's no other way to heaven except this one way. You can't get into heaven by being a sincere person and doing good deeds. God has to be working in you, and you have to embrace his truth, embrace this scripture, and say, I want to please God. I don't preach to get to heaven. I'm not preaching you to try to help you to learn to get into heaven. God has his people picked out before the foundation of the world. He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He's chosen us to be his. We have to be holy, Haggai's. I I don't feel very holy. Well, you're not. (laughs) When you have a new birth in you, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That inner man is going to wrestle with this psukikos, this outer man. He's going to wrestle with this with this fleshly man. You're not going to get away without wrestling. If he births himself in you, you're going to find yourself having conviction about the Bible, and then you're going to start telling me, Jim, this is so hard to do. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to say, I know that. It takes years to learn it. You're birthed. I don't know when you're birthed. You're birthed when you have, when you have that desire, you're already birthed. And then God starts putting the desire to please him. At 78, I want to please God more than I wanted to at 45. I didn't want to please God at 45 or 40. I wanted to make a lot of money at 35 and 40. Does anybody here want to do that besides me? (laughs) Well, that's not the way to live. Do the best job you can do and try to supply for your family. But crooking people is not the way to do it. Now... So he says, straight as the gate. Look, look at this paper here. This is, this is the gospel. Now, what I want to do is show you, I'm going to go back and cover some things I hit last week to show you the narrow way is the gospel. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. There's no other way. When you see the, you can say, you, in English, you've got, you've got three articles, the, a, and could you give me a, one of those apples, an apple? Would you give me an apple? That means there's other apples there. He is a way. The, the street is a way to the store. It means there could be other ways. But when you say the, it means no other 
besides this. That shows you how important just a definite article is. And what and in the Greek, you don't have indefinite articles. You only have a definite article. And if it's a or an, only the context will tell you that. And I don't want to go into that to any depth. Now, look over here. I want to show you this again. This is something I didn't finish last week's message. This is part two. Go back over here to Mark, the first chapter. Mark 1. I'll put this on the board. I put it up here last week. Do I think you get everything one time around? No, I don't believe you do. I had to study and study and study to learn these things. God has preordained his family before the world began. I love Second Thessalonians 2.13. I was working on a an assembly line back in 1961. I was about 22, 23, and a guy walked up to me, and he said, Hey, preacher, read me something out of the Bible. I just flipped over to Second Thessalonians 2.13. I said, I began to read it and say a word to him. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. And he yelled at me about that time. The Bible don't say that. I said, here, you read it. Second, that's only two thirds. God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. But you're not just chosen to be in heaven. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief the truth. If you're going to heaven, you have to be sanctified. Sanctified is a form of holy. He has chosen us to be holy and without blame. Amamos, A-M-O-M-O-S. Amamos, mamos means to blame. The alpha in front of that means no blame. It negates the word. Holy means to be pure or single. How do you become a single, pure person? Well, you have to be put in the fire because you've got all this sinful nature in this sukikos man, this outer man. You have to be put in the fire till God burns it out. Might take him 30 or 40 years, but he knows who his people are. And he said, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity for the Lord knoweth them that are his. He's commanding us to come out of our sin and you're not going to do that easy when you're young. It doesn't happen overnight. You're birthed by God and then you start getting conviction in your mind and in your heart how you have to live. And you'll fight that while you're young. I did. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be a famous singer. I wanted to be I want to have a lot of money. I don't want that anymore. You say, well, you're old. Well, you'll get old too, and you'll get to that place. And if God's dealing with your heart, it's because you belong to him from the world since the world began. But we're not just predestined to go to heaven. We're predestined for whom he did foreknow. Who God, not what God foreknew, did he know what? He knew everything. He's declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times. Everything that's not yet done in your life, everything you go through, you mean a ticket? I'm gonna, that's declared? Yes, everything's declared in your life. Everything. You mean when I go off in my sin, God restrains his, 
when God pulls his restraining hand off of his people it's so that they can be tried in the fire and they can learn how to live it takes a long time to learn it you can't learn it overnight and you can't get it walking down an aisle that's not true we have to be in this narrow way and then he says let's go back over here to Mark the first chapter Mark 1 this narrow way is the gospel I've been saying that Mark 1 now I want you to pay real close attention anytime you see this anywhere in the Bible this is I had a note here now here in Mark 1 the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ gospel is the word in the Greek E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O it's a, that's actually preach the gospel now Billy Graham said he did this and he did not he didn't preach the gospel at all he preached accept Christ pray this sinner's prayer and the Bible says there's no such thing won't you come from the balcony come and God loves you all he doesn't love everybody he loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born for either one had done any good or evil he hates all workers of iniquity Psalms 5 and 5 he only loves a few people who does he love who did he die for his wife the church if you're in the church on your part of the wife husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it says it in the English Bible but that's not it it's the word A-U-T Ada we would say A-U-T-O auto but the Ada anytime it's on the end of a word it is feminine gender he did not die for it he died for her and she is a specific people and you have to be in the narrow way to be a part of her to be a part of the church you can't put yourself in the narrow way if you belong to God you'll start believing these truths and he'll put you in the narrow way it's a suffering tribulation every time the Bible says tribulation we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God and it's on your paper right there we must see much tribulation. The word is thelipsis. Acts fourteen twenty two. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. What was going on there? Paul was on his first missionary journey. He had come up to he had left Israel, come up here to Pamphylia was a was a section in here. He came up to to uh, uh, Antioch and they ran him out of town the Pharisees did ran him out of town didn't like what he was saying he goes about 75 miles over here to Iconium those same guys hated Paul so much they waited all week long to come over there and they ran him out of town there and talked the people into running him out and he goes down to a place called Lystra 
they had pagans down there and Paul healed a guy down there and they wanted to make him a god and say you're a god he said I'm not a god don't call me that well these same guys up here in Antioch had gone to Iconium they came down to Lystra and they talked to these pagans who were trying to show some kind of honor to Paul and Barnabas they talked him into taking him outside of the city and stoning him and they stoned him and left him for dead I've said this before but I'll say it again they didn't stone somebody by throwing rocks at them. They would take them up on a high precipice, whatever a precipice is. That's a, a, a hill or something or a cliff. And they'd throw them down, maybe 20 feet high, hoping it would break their neck. And if they didn't, they would pick up great big 20, 25, 30-pound boulders and throw them at them. Well, that's not like throwing rocks at somebody. You might dodge that, you know. When they stoned him, he got up, banged up, he looked dead. They left him for dead, and he got up and he made the statement, We must through much, we must through much thalipsis. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. If you're going to heaven when you die, somewhere in your life, you're going to have to suffer tribulation for the words you speak. And it will come out of your mouth, out of the buttons of the heart. Whatever's in your heart, your mouth's going to say it. You cannot go to heaven accepting Christ and praying a prayer and being a good person. Christ has to come alive in every one of his people. And he will. He'll come alive. This is not some easy walk down some aisle. This is not between me and you. It's between you and God. If you belong to God, he's going to cut into your heart, make you alive, and you're going to have two men in you. Paul tells us about those two men all the time. He says you're going to have an inner man, which is Christ, and you're going to have an outer man, which is the flesh, and the flesh will serve the law of self. The Bible says in 1 John 2 and 8, 1 and 8, that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That's the outer man. He can't quit sinning. But there's a wrestling match going on between him and the inner man, and that's the narrow way. And the inner man is saying, you're going to have to stop this. It might take God years of uh, trial and a divorce and a bankruptcy and losing everything you got, but he'll get your attention if you belong to him. And the inner man is Christ in you. He can't sin, and this man can't quit sinning. This is the old, this is the outer man right here. And the older you get, the less you want to sin. I can testify to that. When I was young, I loved sin. Didn't we all? Huh? Well, sure we do. But Moses chose to be with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There's pleasure in sin. These people are not crazy out here. But you can't get to heaven doing that. And you, you have to come out of that. So this man, First John 1 and 7 says, or 3 and 9, excuse me. 3 and 9, 1 John 3 and 9 says, Whosoever is born of God, the inner man, 
cannot commit sin, for the seed of God remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Well, this here says you you can't quit sinning. That's the outer man. This is the narrow tribulation way. God's going to put you through fire and trials and persecution. If you belong to God, people are going to come after you. People come after me. They don't like the idea. They don't like the idea that uh, they can't that they have to go through trials and persecution. They like an easy walk down the aisle. That's what all these preachers are preaching out here. They're all preaching an easy walk down the aisle. You can't get to heaven with an easy walk. It's no such thing as an easy walk. He has to change you into another person that you haven't been. When you start becoming that other person, you're going to start addressing your sin. And there was a time that I thought, well, you don't have to do that. Look here in chapter 1 of Mark. The beginning of the gospel, here it is. This is an algebra equation. I said it last week. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. That's what I didn't bring out last week. It's written in the prophets. Here's the beginning of the gospel. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face. This is the gospel right here. Which shall prepare thy way before thee. Prepare what? The way. John's message was to come preaching the way, which is narrow. Over here you had Israel in the Old Testament... It was a nation, and they had laws that were issued by the temple, and the priests were God's politicians, and they told everybody how they had to live. And if you were rebellious, they could kill you for certain sins, and they were taking care of the whole thing. But now, kingdom of God was a term for Israel. Now the kingdom is in you, and each one of you has laws that are written in fleshy tables of your heart. They were written on tables of stone over here. Now they're written in our hearts, and if you belong to God, you don't have anything to do with it, and I don't have anything to do with it, and I can't make you believe God. And we're not going to give you an invitation here. Him here after a while, I'm going to finish up and say, that's it, let's pray. You'll either believe God or you won't. And if you were his from the foundation of the world, you'll believe him. If you believe him, believe is a verb. Believe is what you do. Remember, faith is the noun in the Greek language, P-I-S-T-I-S. And believe is the verb form of that. And the verb is P-I-S-T-E-U-O. The word endings are changed depending on some character. Faith is the thing. Believe is the noun. And believe is what you do. If you believe something, you do it. I I love mathematics, and I do a lot of mathematics in my messages. I'm going to give you one of my favorite uh, mathematical axioms. Things that are equal to the same thing, you'll learn that your first week in an algebra class. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. I'm going to show you the gospel is equal to prepare you the way, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. But remember, it was written in the prophets. It had a meaning in the prophets. Look here 
And he says, prepare the way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way, the hodos. Remember, narrow is the hodos. Narrow is the word, the lip, the libo, and it means to crowd through a narrow opening and undergo tribulation. Without tribulation, Billy Graham didn't preach that, did he? Never. He didn't say he had to go through tribulation. It was a tribulation way. He said, I accept Christ, and that's a lie. The Bible says so. He said, pray the sinner's prayer, and that's a lie. I don't have any, I'm not going to cut him any slack just because he died. He has literally messed up the minds of the so-called Christians throughout the world. He is the worst false teacher in the history of the world. He's the biggest name in history it's since Jesus' day of any preacher that's ever lived. Billy Graham was drawing two and 300,000 in early 50s. He makes these guys today look like pansies, people like Benny Hinn. He don't have nothing there. Then he says, the voice of one, so we're talking about the way. The gospel is the way. It says right here, doesn't it say that? Gospel equals way. Let's put it like we would put it. Gospel equals way. And the way is narrow, and it's tribulation. You can't get around that. It's a narrow way, and without the narrow way, you're not going to heaven when you die. I thought it was a new birth. It is, but when you get... When you're, when you got children, they're born. Do you let them just run the way they want to go? You make them go to bed at night. Well, why? They didn't ask to be born. Well, I'm their mother. I'm their father. They have to do what I say. Oh, you mean we have a mother and father? I had a guy across town tell me. He'd say he said he owned a Christian bookstore across town. He said one day to me when I was in there. He said, Jim. You sound like you're preaching salvation by works. I said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, okay, shoot. I said, do your kids have to obey you in order to be in your family? He said, well, no. I said, well, let me ask you another question. Do they have to obey you? He said, well, well, and he was just stumbling. I said, you think this is a trick question? It's not a trick question. Do your kids have to obey you? He said, yes. I said, oh, wonderful answer. You mean we have a heavenly father and we don't have to obey him? He said, well, I never heard it like that before. I said, you heard it today like that. (laughs) It just is disgusting. He was supposed to be this scholar and this student in the Bible, and he didn't even know nothing about it. You can't go to heaven by walking an aisle and praying a prayer. You're not going doing that. It's not up to me to convince anybody to be birthed. It's nobody's business but God's and yours. And God may have put you here today so your heart can be convicted. But you can't go to heaven without the narrow way. Can you? Many are going into the broad way. Few are going in the narrow way. It's too hard. People say, well, I go into heaven. It's easy. Just accept Christ. You're ignorant. My sister-in-law said that on TV one night. Because you're just dumber than a rock woman. 
It's not easy to go to heaven. It's the tribulation way. As children of God, he'll put us in the way and he will demand that we do this. And he said he scourges every son he receives so we can partake of his holiness. Well, scourge, what is that? Is that a headache for two weeks? When a guy said, well, I had a headache for two weeks. I said, no, it's a lot worse than that. He may take everything you've got, may give you cancer, he may give you some disease. And he'll say, God says, this is me talking to you. You're my son. You're going to obey me, period. And every one of us are going to be obedient to God. In fact, we have to obey the gospel. Christ is coming back in First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians 1 and 8. He's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. They will not obey the narrow way. They don't like the tribulation. It's too tough, Jim. Well, if you never want to obey the tribulation way, you're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. Vessels of wrath have always been vessels of wrath. And every one of them are going to hell, and they don't have any say about it. And if you don't have any interest in what I'm saying, all you're doing is heaping condemnation upon you, even listening to this message. It will get you in trouble. We're already in trouble with God. All the vessels of wrath, which are most of the people in the world, are going to hell. They're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Fitted, catortizo. That's the word fitted. It means fully accomplished. They're fully accomplished to go to hell. Without the narrow way, this is where you're going. You're one of these. I like... Second Peter 2.12. These as natural beasts are made to be taken and destroyed. They're made to, be, to go to hell. Made is the word ganea. It means born. They're born with no other purpose than to go to hell and glorify God when they're sinking into the flames. That's pretty tough. And they will glorify God. God willing to show, he was willing to show, it says his wrath in the King James Bible, Romans 9.22. God willing to show, it doesn't say his wrath. It says te or gay. These, that's the, or gay is feminine gender. That's because... Orge is the wrath that a man has that's covetous and he's been beaten out of money or something. He says, I'll get you back. That's the orge. Has anybody had that besides me? Or would most of you like to lie? Everybody's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. I'm a man. I've admitted what's in my heart. So I know what's in yours. You, you can't even get away from me, much less God. God was willing to show the fury and the rage of man. He endured with much long suffering these vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. They were made to go to hell. And if you were made to go to hell, you're not going to want that narrow way ever. And I wouldn't listen to me tell you that. If you're not really interested in this. All you're getting is condemnation from this message. Now, 
The gospel is the narrow way. That's what marked the first chapter. Doesn't it say that? It says that, doesn't it? The beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way. Now, it was written in the prophets. Look back over here. Look back over here in, in Luke, the third chapter. This is amazing to me. Luke, the third chapter. This was the message of John the Baptist. Luke, third chapter. Talking about John the Baptist in verse 3. He came into all the country about Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Is that talking about water? No. A blood baptism was a death. It was a martyrdom. When Jesus asked James and John, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said, we can. And they said, both of you will. You'll both die martyrs. You'll be put to death. John first, you'll be boiled in oil and put on Patmos. James, your head will be cut off for me, for my glory. You will die the martyr's death. He wasn't talking about, can you be dipped in water like I was three years ago? No. That was a proselyte baptism in water. I'm not going into that. Takes another explanation. It won't take too much for my time. So the baptism of repentance for the remission. The word remission is A-P-H-E-S-I-S. Aphesis. Aphesis means to pardon and release from prison. And prison is the word phulake. It means the division of day and night or light and darkness. God has taken us from the darkness to the light. And that's the horizo. Horizo. Prohorizo. is the word predestinate. And we've been predestinated, those that he foreknew, not what he foreknew, whom he foreknew. Foreknow, prognosco, P-R-O-G-I-N-O-S-K-O. That's the word foreknow. It means to have an intimate relationship with someone beforehand. The whom's that he foreknew. The who's. Masculine gender, singular, the people that he foreknew, he's predestined, prohorizo, predetermined for the horizon, the boundary of light, and he's going to deliver us from darkness and to the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. That's what we're preordained to, and you're going to walk in truth if you belong to him. You may not like it. You don't usually like it when you're young. I got to party. I got to have fun. And you keep being reminded of God who you belong to. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You can't live the way you want. Not as a believer. You can't. And this is hard. I know that. The narrow way is the... Billy Graham did not teach the narrow way. If he did, he'd have preached the baptism of repentance. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The word baptize, I said it last week comes from two words, B-A-P, 
T-I-Z-O, baptizo and bapto. Baptizo means to cover. Bapto means to stain with a dye. Now, water baptism is over. He blotted out the handwriting of rituals when he was on the cross. In order to get rid of a contract, you'd take the contracting parties, the two of them out in public, You'd take two witnesses, which was always required in a Jewish contract, and they would go out in public and they'd say, is everyone in agreement? We're going to validate this contract. They'd say, yes. They'd say, drive the nail through the contract. They'd drive a nail through it. Same thing as when we will notarize something, and you cannot have the rituals anymore. Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. There's two handwritings. One on tables of stone, one on fleshy tables of our heart. And when he writes on fleshy tables of our heart, that's not your decision. So you don't have anything to do with it. You'll listen to me preach, and if you belong to God, it'll cut into your heart and you'll come alive. If you don't belong to God, you'll walk away and say, he's crazy. Then you'll get to go to hell one day. How's that? I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. We don't give invitations. We never ask anybody to believe anything. I'm telling you, if you belong to God, what he's doing in your life, he's got you in the narrow way with lots of fire and lots of trials. And it is a baptism because he goes on to say, he goes on to say, the baptism of repentance, repentance, metanoia, means to be turned and think differently. If you're repentant, God will start changing your thinking. It'll develop over time. I wasn't this fanatical when I was 35. I was out here trying to pursue a great career in the music world. I wanted to be a big super singer. I want everybody to hear me, hear my high C's. Listen to this. Wow, isn't that great? And I can't even do that anymore. So, as this baptism of repentance was written in the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. This is the baptism of repentance. I said it last week. The gospel is prepare ye the way and the baptism of repentance is prepare ye the way. prepare way and the way is narrow and it's filled with tribulation and you can't get out of it to go to heaven you're not going to heaven because you're a good guy you got to be in the narrow way and if it's written in your heart it'll come out your mouth of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak i can't keep my mouth shut around people you know that if you get your head full of this stuff get it full of if somebody walks up, drives up, walk into a store, I can't shut my mouth. Sometimes I'll talk to somebody until I see their eyes cross. And I realize that I've said enough to them. I'll say, well, let them chew on that, and i got to go and I'll see you later. I don't ask anybody to pray. I don't ask anybody to accept anything. If you're one of God's people, I'm just looking for God's predestinated elect family, and that's all I'm interested in. 
If you get mad at me, that's fine. You're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction, and I'm not interested in you anyway. We're not having it. We're not looking for goats to turn into sheep. Sheep are sheep. Goats are goats. They've always been goats. Sheep have always been sheep. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. When he's come into the world, they're no longer lost, and he finds every one of his sheep, and he's not willing that one of these little ones should perish. He's not willing that any of us should perish. That's what Second Peter 3, 9 says. Not He's not willing that anybody in the world shall perish. How ridiculous is that when he's got vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? Oh, the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. He made wicked men for an evil day so he could send them to hell. You can't go to heaven without the narrow way. And Billy Graham did not preach that. The narrow way is the true baptism. A blood baptism was death to self. That's what it was. It was a martyrdom. It was a death. In order to believe God, you've got to become a martyr somewhere in your life. You say, I'm awful young now. Well, God will have to deal with you. I'm not going to deal with you. I'm not going to convince you anything. I'm not going to say, won't you accept Christ? Won't you let him into your heart? You can't let him into your heart. He don't want your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. What does he want with your old wicked heart? He's got to give you a new heart. A new understanding. The heart meant the place of understanding. Now, what does this mean? This was written in the prophets. Let's go look and see. Go over here to Isaiah 40. You see, if you start with baptism before, if you started to baptism before Isaiah the 40th chapter, you started too late. Because the baptism of repentance, he's washed us from our sins in his own blood. Let me ask you this. Who does the washing? Where, where does the action of the verb initiate? With you? You can't get into heaven unless you belong to God from the foundation of the world. And if you belong to him, he'll cut it in your heart, make you alive, and you quit wondering what people think about you. Take you a while. When you're young, you don't want people laughing at you, making fun of you. And when you get old, you don't care. If you can get enough people angry at you for... It's kind of like being in high school and you're a smart guy and algebra and the other guys that the jocks will make fun of you because you like your algebra book you're ridiculous when somebody's making fun of you because you're intelligent don't pay any attention to them they're ignoramuses <laughs> you don't they don't deserve your attention and people think well it's embarrassing to be a brain no it's not it's because they're ignorant. They don't know how to get out of it. They don't want to study how to get out of it, so they want to make fun of people who learn. Without learning, you can't understand these things. Now, didn't the Bible say that the gospel is equal to the way and that the baptism of repentance is equal to the way? Well, it was, and it was spoken by the prophets. Look here. Look here in Isaiah 40. Now, Isaiah 40 is around 712. This is around 712 B.C. Now, you have to learn 
when these things are happening. Northern Israel was carried away into captivity in 722 B.C. They were carried over into the Babylonian area, what we would call, what we would call Iraq, all in this area over here. That was Babylon in the ancient world. There's a way out of Babylon. When they were carried away, that was because for 500 years, they went after sun and tree goddesses, Baal of the Grove, Shemosh, Molech, and God scattered them all over the earth and carried northern Israel in 722 over here into the Babylonian area. Then southern Judah, which was southern Israel, they became polluted with the same sun and tree worship, which later on was brought in the church and renamed Christ's Mass by Constantine. And they were carried off into Babylon. And Isaiah is talking about being in Babylon, there's a way out of Babylon. It's talking about a highway. And that is the narrow way. Now, he says here, Chapter 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. He's talking to Israel who's been carried away into captivity because of their son and tree worship. <laughs> Saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. This is the gospel, isn't it? This is the baptism that Luke speaks of. Actually, Jesus is speaking of it in the book of Luke. And that Mark, the first chapter, this is the gospel. The gospel is prepared the way. What in the world is Isaiah talking about? Israel has been in captivity, and he's telling the way out of captivity you have to prepare a road that goes back out of Babylon all the way over to Israel because the kings of Persia have given Israel four decrees to go back and rebuild the temple that has been leveled by Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon. He came in and destroyed Israel. God gave them desires in their hearts, the kings, to give these decrees for Israel to go back. But first of all, they have to go back home. They have to go back to Israel and prepare a highway in the desert for God. They haven't been over there in Israel in a couple of hundred years. So there's no highway going there. They didn't have highways like we do when the Bible speaks of a highway. They meant it was just an old rough place and the rain would uh, come down and it would wash away the dirt and there'd be rocks along this highway. They had to prepare a highway to go back home. And what were they doing going back home? It was going to be a narrow way. Well, everything over there in Israel, the temple was burnt down. It was level. They had great big, huge boulders or big hewn stones that built the temple. And they had been pulled down by Nebuchadnezzar. The town had been burnt to the ground. And to go back and rebuild the temple of God, that took a lot of tribulation. They had to go over there and fight the enemy that had taken over the land. 
this was the literal tribulation way back then. And when they got over there, they got all kinds of opposition. A man named Tatani tried to stop them. Another time, a man named Sanballat tried to stop them. Long story. I preached that in the history of Israel. They tried. They, the whole point of the way back is to go back and build the temple of God. Do we have to build the temple of God after we've been out in sin? Yeah. What is the temple of God? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Which temple ye are? If any man defiles this temple, him go God destroy. What do we build the temple of God with? Does anybody remember? You remember the word build? Oiko domeo. It is the word, I used to be reading along in the Bible, and I'd come to a word like edify, and I'd say, man, I need to get on to something more interesting, this word edify. Now, edify is one of my favorite words now. I love the word edify, because it's not the word edify. It is the word oiko, D-O-M-E-O. Oiko domeo, if you look over here real quick, Look over here real quick in 1 Corinthians, the, I believe it's the 8th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. You say, what does this all have to do with me? It has everything, because you're the house of God. Christ is the son of his own house, whose house are we? We're the house of God, and he wants it cleaned up. The 8th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, he's talking to Corinth. They've got all these idolatry going on over there. We know that we all have knowledge. If all you've got is knowledge, that puffs up. Now, puff is the word fusio, P-H-U-S-I-O-O. P-H-U-S-I-O-O. Fusio. Knowledge makes you have the big head actually means conceited. If all you have is knowledge and you don't you don't give it to nobody, you're not in the narrow way. Because he turns around and says knowledge puffs up, but charity edifieth. Charity is that word agape. For those of you that haven't been here when I taught on agape, agape, there's two words in the New Testament that have been translated to the word love. And they're not the same word. The word phileo means to have affection for and are to like when the Bible says God is love, love your neighbor, love your enemy, it's never this word here. Forget that. It's always the word agape or A-G-A-P-E-O, which is the verb form of agape. Agape is one of the most mistranslated words in all the Bible. Love your neighbor, love your enemy. What do you do when you love your neighbor? You mean you like some guy that burns your house down and and killed your wife and stole your dog? You like him? You don't like him. 
but you can agapao him or agape him. Agape is, that's a word that meant a relationship between kings and their subjects or fathers and their families. That's why Second John 6 says, Second John 6 says, this is love or agape. You want to know what agape is? Here it is right here. It's not a godly kind of love. I've had people say, well, agape is a godly kind of love. No, it's not. It's, they just heard some preach say it's a godly love. Agape, this is agape that we walk after his commandments. That's agape. If you walk after the commandments of God, when somebody does evil things to you, you walk in truth in front of them. You tell them the truth. And you don't get angry at them because you know God made them that way to do the things they did. You withdraw from every brother that walks disorderly. You have nothing to do with them. You get away from them. I gave you that paper last week. I gave you all these things about separating from people who walk disorderly. We command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which you received from us. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship does light have with darkness or darkness have with Christ? And it goes all through here. So you withdraw from people if they do you wrong, but you tell them the truth and live in truth in front of them. You understand that? That's a hard thing to get a hold of, isn't it? Now, charity edifies. I'm still talking about going over here and rebuilding the temple. This word edify is the word oikodomeo. It is a construction of oikos and domei. Domain looks like dome, and it is. It's the Greek word roof. Oikos means house, and that's you and I. House or family. So what is it that builds up the house of God? It's walking in the commandments of God. Well, you mean I have to learn the Ten Commandments and keep them? Well, that'd be a good idea. But you got to hear what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you committed adultery in your heart. Well, gosh, I'm young and I got all these juices flowing through me. I know that. That takes time. Every time you find an imperative mood in the Greek, every time, every time you, how are you going to know it's an imperative mood? You look it up in an interlinear Bible and see the exact spelling of the word, and it'll give you that in an interlinear. I got one around here somewhere. The Greek is on the top line. The Greek of the text is receptus, and the English is right under it. I don't trust the English in one of their Bibles. I want the original text. Get the word. Look at an analytical lexicon or a parsing guide. I got one here somewhere. Uh, huh? bottom shell yeah here it is right here 
You look up the word in an interlinear, and it will tell you what part of speech it is, but you gotta learn you gotta learn the Greek alphabet. You don't need to learn the caps because they're very seldom ever used. Just use these A B G D E E Ada Ada Theta Yoda Capital Lambda Moon Nu so forth. Then you look up the word in here in the Greek and it'll tell you what's part of speech is if it's imperative mood it'll tell you that. Imperative moods are just as much God's commandments and they've been written in your heart. And you'll know does anybody here know right from wrong? Huh? How do you know that? It's written in your heart. How much time do I have, Mike? All right. All right. It's written in your heart. So, charity builds up the house of God. Walking in God's commandments. If you're over here in Babylon, how did they end up in Babylon? They went after self. Babylon has a definition there in Genesis 11 and 4. Babylon was founded on self. To come out of Babylon, you've got to get in the straight and the narrow way, and you've got to learn to live right, and it may take God a lot of years of beating you real good. Because, boy, he had to beat me. He about beat me after death. Oh, you can't tell me about sin. Nobody here can tell me about sin. I'm old. I'm 78. I'll be 79 here in May. And I know all about sin. I was a gospel singer. Traveled all over America. Then I was a pop singer singing in clubs all over America. Tell me about sin. Tell me how you went to these clubs and how it was a good club. Tell me all about it. Okay. There's no such thing as a good club. Go. I've been in... It's about 250 military base clubs. I was at Fort, at uh, Colleen, Texas, down at Fort Hood. And we sang over in the officer's club. And, and then the sergeant, big black fellow, came up to me. He said, I want you to sing over at the EM club. That's the enlisted man. He said, they'll have beer about a foot deep in the floor. And they're just a bunch of enlisted guys. And he said, don't let him hurt you. Pick up a microphone and hit him with you if you have to. He said, here I joined the Army years ago to have a career, and they put me in charge of a bunch of idiots. That's the way, that's the way he looked at it. And I've been there. I know what's there. I know what's in clubs. Sin. Nobody here has been in many clubs that I have. You couldn't have. Unless you went into hundreds of them. I'm ashamed of my past. And that's what repentance is. God has to, while you're going through your sin, you're not ashamed. It's only after he deals with you and crushes you with his hand, then you wake up one day and say, I am ashamed of myself. So charity, walking in God's commandments is what builds up the house of God. But in order to understand what they went through, building the temple took them 12 years to rebuild the city that was just leveled to the ground. It took a long time to rebuild the temple. And they had to go over there and fight the people that were attacking them, saying, you can't come over here and take over this land, but it was theirs. It's a long, long journey in the narrow way. The narrow way, Billy Graham did not preach it. You can read all those places on this piece of paper that I gave you.
when tribulation or persecution arises there in Matthew 13, the Bible says some people will receive the word of God with joy in that verse. And then when persecution and affliction, when tribulation or persecution arises, that word tribulation is the word thalipsis. It's the same word. It comes from the word thalibo. When tribulation arises, people are offended and they pull out and they say, I can't handle the tribulation. I don't like the tribulation way. I don't like the gospel way. Billy Graham didn't teach that. He goes talking about that they'll deliver you up to be afflicted. That's the ellipsis. Down here in Acts fourteen twenty-two, we must through much tribulations enter the kingdom of God. In verse 20, chapter 23, Paul said, an affliction abides in me. That's the word thalipsis. You can go through and read these verses and there he speaks of tribulation and anguish in Romans 2 and 9. And when 5 and 3 of Romans says, We glow in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience brings hope, and hope brings understanding. It's a long process. <coughs> the narrow way is a tough way. Mary was having this problem that she's having with her uh, she had some health problems and she was at home and her blood pressure was screaming through the roof and she said she sat down right across from me she said I hope this and she felt terrible she said I hope this is keeping me in the narrow way you'll start recognizing what you go through is helping you stay in the narrow way and then it goes on to talk about uh, in Romans 8 and 35 tribulation comes distresses comes shall anything separate us from the love of God from the agape of God which is in Christ Jesus he said nothing will separate us and he goes on through that in the world John said in John six thirty three, Jesus said in the world you shall have tribulation the ellipsis but I have overcome the world what is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith and faith is death to self, isn't it? De- when you die to the world, I can't explain this easy. You have to be old to understand this. You have to be old and wore out and tired of life. I sought myself for so many years. I chased Jim Brown more than I chased anything. And if you get old enough and tired enough, you say, that didn't work. I've got to do something else and try something else. If you belong to God, it will really cut into your heart before it's over with. You say, I've got to live right. I don't care what my wife does. I don't care what my mother and father does. My kids do. I'll tell them the truth and tell them, if you're around me, you're going to walk right. I am a stick in the mud. Y'all know that, don't you? I'm just an old fogey. I, I used to look at people like me when I was 30 and say, I ain't never going to be like that guy. And here I have become him. Amen. <laughs> Mary said, Amen. So you can go through here and see the narrow way. Uh, Matthew 3 and 9, right there above on 2346. And they shall throng, shall throng. They pressured him. Whether we be afflicted in Second Corinthians 1 and 6. Afflicted is the word thalibo. Same word as narrow. 
you look up the word in your strongs and then you go to this you've got programs for this you got programs on the internet on uh, the eSword you got a program that could look these up for you or you've got you've got the word study concordance I just copied mine out of a word study concordance you look up the word in your strongs you go to the number in here and it'll tell you every time that word is mentioned. This word Thalibo is mentioned 10 times. The word Thalipsis or tribulation is mentioned 45 times and they're basically the same word. You have to go through tribulation to go to heaven. There's no other way. That's the narrow way. You say, I'm young and I got all these hormones flowing in my body and I don't want to have to go through all that. Well, if you're going to heaven, you're going to go through it. God will break your desires to fulfill your own desires. You'll go, you'll go, and you'll go, and you'll go to one day you say, this is a needless fight that I'm in because you're fighting God. You're not fighting me. You're fighting God when you don't do what he says. And if you're not interested in doing what he says, you're wasting your time listening to me. I wouldn't listen to somebody tell me I was going to hell. If I didn't get in the narrow way, that's a, it's a waste of time, isn't it? Now, eternity's huh, go back to Isaiah. He says the same thing. All right, Isaiah, 40th chapter, back where we were. Let's read the rest of this. This is the baptism, repentance, or the gospel. It's prepare you the way. It's the narrow way. It's the tribulation way. You have to go through it because God's got to write it in your heart. And if it's in your heart, it'll start coming out your mouth. I don't know all those words that you know, Jim. Learn two of them and go out and use them. And if somebody says, what about this? Say, I'll find out and I'll come back and tell you. Usually they don't want you to come back, though. 40. All right. The voice of him that, verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, that's the gospel, prepare you the way. The way you can tell what this word way here is the word direct. In the New Testament, it is the word hodos. So since they're referring to the same thing, direct equals hodos doesn't it prepare ye the direct the direction back to Jerusalem build the temple of God which is us by walking in the commandments of God and start wrestling with it now I, you know I wrestle I don't mean this in a boast but I wrestle with doing things right when I was in elementary school I wouldn't run out on the playground wouldn't talk with the guys that cussed and I wouldn't they tell dirty jokes I'd stay away from them I'd just kind of stand back and look at them I had a conviction as a little kid most of us that belonged to God we had convictions when we were children didn't we so I had some kind of conviction there's something I ought to be doing and then I grew older and I got in the music world and I had to, and I learned to become a heathen in gospel music I always say that and that's true I learned to cuss when I got out there in pop music. You haven't been anywhere and done anything I haven't done. 
that God has forgiven me of that. I'm not the same man that I was when I was 35. This is a different Jim Brown. I haven't seen my family in years. I got a daughter. I got a daughter that's 58, and I hadn't seen her since she's 25. I'd have to introduce myself to her and say, "You don't know this man. You've never met him." I'd have to tell my family that you don't know me. I am a completely different person than I was at 30 and 35 when you were last around me. God's, he makes you a new creation, but he has to get rid of that old man, that old, that old sinner, outer man. And that takes God a long time to make you bow to his will. Start seeking him now. If you have, if you seek him at all, if you want the truth, start now. Don't put it off. Let me give you another place. This is, Well, let me finish reading this. Every valley shall be exalted, boy, like that. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. Mountains were capital cities of empire. Babylon was called a mountain of pride in Jeremiah, the 51st chapter. She was called a proud mountain in the 51st chapter of Jeremiah. God says, I'm going to make you a burnt mountain, Babylon. And what was she founded on? To come, to get in the narrow way is to come out of Babylon. Leave Babylon, go back to Israel, and we're spiritual Israel, and rebuild the house of God, which house you are, by walking in God's commandments. That's what this whole thing is about. Walk in truth. I started to tell you something, I forgot what it was. Now, oh, mountains are capital cities. I love the way Mr. Uh, one of the writers put it. He says, humble. Humble is the word T-A-P-E-I-N-O-O. Tapanua is the word humble. It means to level, to level mountains. And hills. Make everything on the same level. And everything that's low, the low people, lift them up to the level of everybody else. This whole thing, it has to do with bowing to the king when he comes into the city. John was a forerunner of Christ. When Jesus is coming as the king, the forerunner would run ahead of him and say, Everyone, get on your face. The king is here. That's the only way. And when you bow to God, you're going to be humbling yourself. That's what we're elected to. We're elected to obedience. If you don't want to obey God, you don't want this truth. If you don't want to seek out and search what he wants in your life, you're not going to become, well, Jim, I can't become as mature as you. Well, you're not supposed to. I can't learn all those things. You know, you're not supposed to. Learn what you can. Be what you can. That's all you're supposed to be. Not more than you could be. Well, I can't ever learn all that stuff. Well, I didn't know it either when I was 17 back in 1956. That's when I started reading the Bible. I had no idea what it was talking about. I read it and read it and studied it and read it, and I'd quit, and I'd go back and read it, and I'd quit. Has anybody done that before? 
You'd quit, and you'd go start back, you'd quit. And when I started getting me word study books and concordance and these word study concordances and started finding what the words mean, I found out, oh, gosh, this thing is different than what the preachers are saying. It's a narrow way. That's the gospel. Billy Graham never preached the narrow way, and that you had to suffer for being in it. He didn't suffer when he was running with all those high rollers of the world. And people don't like it when I bring out these things about, that's why I gave you this other. They don't like the fact that God creates evil. I gave you this paper, why God does what he does. Do not question him. Well, I just don't think God would do that. I don't think he would send men to hell on purpose. What you think and what God does is that you don't, your thinking has nothing to do with his thinking. He says that in Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Well, I just wouldn't. God, when people die, God's in charge. He's the one that's there causing them to die. Jesus holds the keys of death. And everything has been planned by God and everybody's had an appointment with death and you'll die at that exact time you're supposed to die and you won't live a second past it or die a second before it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. As the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may be seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void it shall accomplish that which I please I'll do what I want God says don't talk back to me well he says that he says if you can hear God in Proverbs 20 and 12 the hearing ear and the seeing eye if you hear this message I'm preaching perhaps you're a vessel of mercy and the hearing ear the Lord has made in both of them he says down here in verse 216 1 Corinthians 2.16 who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him you're going to tell God you don't like it because he sends men to hell on purpose and he says he does and that's the majority of the world you don't like that I'll tell you what you do when you get to heaven grab him by the collar and say I don't like what you did See what he has to say to that as he's cast you into hell. I like verse 13 of Isaiah 40. You read down there at Isaiah 40. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales? God said, I did that. And the hills in a balance, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, and being his counselor, hath taught God. You're going to tell God what he needs to do, and how unfair he is when he preordains certain men to heaven, and that's a few, and they've got to go through the narrow way. Without the narrow way, you're not going to heaven. Well, I don't like that. Well, tell God that. Don't tell me. I like verse four, verse 28. God hides things from us that we can't see. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There's no searching out his understanding. You can't understand what he understands. 
Job 21, 22. Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judgeth those that are high? You're going to tell God what to do? There's not many people on top of the world that's going to heaven. Not many high rollers. Not many Donald Trumps are going to heaven. Not many kings. Not many queens. Not many senators. Not many company owners. Not many of those. Who go. Well, does the Bible say that? It says that exactly. First Corinthians, the first chapter. Look here what it says. This is one of my favorite verses. I love this. First Corinthians, the first chapter. If you think that all these people that go to these big fancy churches and wear these three-piece suits are going to heaven, you're really, you're really mistaken. I don't hear any preachers preaching any truth anywhere. Well, they talk about Jesus and God and Christ and saving and salvation. That's not, the, that's not the point. They don't tell you what anything means. They're not telling you what you're having to go through the narrow way. He says here, in Job 37, 1 through 6. At this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of place. Hear attentively the noise of God's voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. God directeth his voice under the whole heavens and his lightning. His is a possessive pronoun. He owns the lightning. It strikes where he wants it to strike. He says that in the 38th chapter. He says, I got that on here somewhere, 38. The lightning bolts report to him and say, where shall we strike? He owns them. I love this 37, 38 chapter. They're his lightning bolts. He thundereth marvelously, marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. He saith to the snow, he talks to snow. It says, be upon the earth. Well, all of the changes that have to happen, the the, heat, the cooling of the vapors in the atmosphere and getting to a certain degree, when he says be, all that stuff starts moving. He says, it's time to snow. Be upon the earth. What a God. Man, that's, I read that, I'm going, what a God we have. Job 37 and 12. It is turned around by his counsels that they may do whatsoever he commandeth upon the face of the world and the earth. Everything, the sun, the moon, everything is doing what he wants. Do you realize that if we go out of any orbit, everything in our solar system will throw the, all of the electromagnetic forces will throw the entire solar system off balance and we'll all fly into space and we'll die immediately. There's an exact amount. That, those, that's a picture on the wall over there of our solar system. Everything's in exact orbit with an exact number of amount of electronic, electromagnetic pull so we can stay in our orbit. That's God. He says... It is turned about by his counsels that they may do whatsoever he commandeth upon the face of the earth. Chapter 37, verse 19. Teach us what we shall say unto God. We cannot order our speech by reason of our own darkness. We don't even know what to say to him. We don't know how to pray to him. Prayer means to bow to his will. 
Ask is a conditional word. And when you get into the condition, you've got to keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Keeping his commandments are written on our hearts. Keep, tereo, means to guard against loss. And what is pleasing to God is death to self. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, a resco, pleasing. Death to self is pleasing to God. Babylon was built on self. Babylon said, let us build us a city and a tower. Let us make us a name. That's what Babylon was built on. That's why Israel was destroyed. They got to go. Let us make us a name is the most evil thing in the world. Let us make us a name. Name is the word Shem in the in the Hebrew is the word Onoma in the Greek, and it means authority. Let me make up my own authority, and you. Once they said this, the Bible said this. They begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they've imagined to do. Men's imagination has gone crazy in the world. I imagine I'm going to be rich. I've imagined Christ's mass. That's not Christmas. That's not Jesus' birthday. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. You can read all of these. Touching the Almighty, chapter verse, chapter 37 of Job. Touching the Almighty, verse 23. We cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and judgment and plenty of justice. He will not afflict his people. When he does put us through trial, that's for our good. He said, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Nobody understands but God. He has to give you his understanding and his heart. Verse 30, chapter 38, verse 35. Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are, lightnings before reporting for duty, God when men are struck by lightnings or buildings are struck and set on fire, that's God doing it. You don't have to have so many lightning bolts to keep the earth in balance. Lightning bolts, I've got a a uh, documentary about lightning. It says we have to have so many strikes in the world that these lightning bolts are like weights on a tire that you would balance the tire with. That's what keeps the world balanced. If you're in the way of one of the lightning bolts, God puts you there so he can keep the world in balance. God binds floods from overflowing. There in 28, Job 11 through 14. He hides and brings forth light. But where shall wisdom be found? It's with God. And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. Man doesn't know the price of understanding. Job 5 and 9. God does great things and unsearchable. They can't even be searched out why he does it. He wants men to go to hell on purpose. Maybe you're one of them. If you don't ever get in the narrow way, he doesn't love you. Canst thou, by searching, find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? I love 33.13. People say, why would God do that? I love Job 33.13. Why dost thou strive against God? He giveth not account of any of his matters to you. I don't think God should do that. Well, that's your problem. 
Not his. You can't think like he thinks. He'll kill children. Everyone that dies in the world is in his hand. If you see a car wreck out here, I saw a car wreck one night outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. There were nine dead people on that highway that night. Six of them were in a Cadillac that went up the wrong side of the interstate, and three of them were in a pickup truck. It actually a flatbed. He was hauling cantaloupes. You could smell burning flesh all across the highway, all around there. And we stopped and looked. Me and this other guy was with and everybody was quiet. Nobody was saying anything. Jesus was there on the road that night. Death occurred. He brought it about. He said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. If this doesn't affect you, you're dead. Gosh, there's so many things here. You can read the rest of these for yourself. I'm just about out of time, ain't I, Mike? Verse 45 of chapter 45 of Isaiah. Why? Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. You're going to argue with God. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. A potsherd was a broken piece of pottery that was worth nothing. Let them argue about God. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, What makest thou of thy work? He hath no hands. God, why are you doing what you're doing? He said, Who art thou that repliest against God? He's doing what he wants to do. Our God sits in the heaven. He's done whatsoever he hath pleased, whether you or I like it or not. He's God. I'm out of time, I guess. Read these papers. This will tell you here why... You need to separate from the world. And this in here will tell you, when you start arguing with God, just read this in about arguing, and you got no reason to fight God. He said, don't you talk back to me. Have you ever said that to your kids? Don't talk back to me. God will say, I kill who I want to kill. I make alive who I want to. And that's my business. Don't anybody talk back to me. If you do, you're in trouble with me. God is not... God is not somebody to be trifled with. The old prophets called him a great, a mighty, and a terrible God. Let's pray. Lord, help us to understand this narrow way is our only way to heaven. Thank you for truth. Cause us to continue in the narrow way. We thank you for everything you do. Because you said everything is according to the counsel of your own will. It's according to your pleasure. And we're to be thankful for all of it because it's all working together for our good. Thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A narrow way. Sorry for the mess there, but the cable went out right before the service. What did? The cable. The oh. This. Oh, okay. Well, don't worry about it. I didn't use it. I didn't want you to think. Uh, you think we left it in the mess, but it was too late to. Make don't worry about it. So, so. We didn't need it. <laughs> uh, it. It turns the TV. Yeah. So. I say we didn't need it. Yeah.
Not today. How did you want to think it was a slob? No. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Is that your baby? That's your baby doll? Hey, what are you doing? on the internet. Huh? I found that on the internet. Visible disturbance. See anything like that? Uh, not particularly. I don't know what it's doing. It's the stars. Well, I know that. Huh. That's interesting. It is. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Are you? What? You want gum? Am I the gum man?
Oh, I thought 